You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a chilly Tuesday night, late night here in God's Own Knoxville, Tennessee. As you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got a breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. How are you? Hope you're well. Hope everything in your life is the way that it needs to be. Hope everything is good on y'all's end. Uh, let's go on. And, and since we're, we're going to have a it's breaking news, but I think most of y'all probably heard it by now. Nonetheless, let's go on over to uh, Ben McKee's house, get to Ben so Ben can talk to us about uh, – what we think about Tennessee still being fifth in the college football playoff rankings, Ben, I don't think it was a surprise, but nonetheless, there it is. Yeah, it, it was not a surprise. It, it was as expected. I, I guess the the real surprise was that USC was seven and not six behind Tennessee. I, I kind of thought that they would be number six, but LSU comes in at six. And Wes, I, I, I'm starting to get the feeling that it, that it may be LSU that saves Tennessee's playoff chances because they have gone on to to be what they are. And if if you take a, a, a good – if you turn that blowout win for Tennessee and Baton Rouge into a, a win like the Kentucky game has kind of turned into just from a, a pure resume standpoint, then I, I, I don't know that Tennessee fans could feel as – strongly and and as sure of themselves of of being that first spot out of the top four so i'm kind of starting to think that lsu developing into one of the the best teams in the country is is really going to help tennessee make the playoffs yeah and i thought it was good to to hear a couple of the the guys say this and especially reese davis who has um really if you were watching earlier in in the night uh when they went to him during the the kentucky Michigan State basketball game, you you heard Vitel and and kind of Reese Davis, and they were doing one of those little promos kind of during the game thing, and and Vitel kept saying he thought Tennessee should be ranked fourth, and Reese Davis was like, "Hey, I'm an AP voter, and uh, I have Tennessee fourth, and, and so it seems like the 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 good vibes for Tennessee were starting there. Of course, neither one of those guys is on the playoff committee, of course, but still, I, I think that was uh, that was sort of the first step that was kind of like a good night for Tennessee with that narrative hashtag narrative that is so important these days. Uh, and, and then I, I thought it was Reese Davis again, who came out and said, Hey, you know, why are people saying that Tennessee should get passed by LSU? Why, why would that happen? And I think it's important for people to hear that because uh, again, all these things matter, right? These guys are, they're sort of like what, what you call them influencers. Right. And I think it's good to hear more people say good common sense things that, if Tennessee wins out and LSU still wins out, LSU should not, despite being the SEC champion, should not get into the playoff ahead of Tennessee. It's fascinating. It really is. There's still so much football left to be played, even though there's only two more weeks of the regular season. And then obviously we'll have conference championship week as well. But there's still so much 
football left to be played that is kind of hard to to pinpoint an exact scenario that that really Tennessee needs to to hope for or uh, whatever it may be because there there's the Michigan Ohio State dynamic there's the TCU dynamic there's the potential of uh, LSU going on to to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game and and if that were to happen I I agree with what you just said and what Reese Davis and and Joey Galloway said on the broadcast as well disagreeing with. Uh, former Georgia football player David Pollock, that uh, a one-loss Tennessee team that blew out LSU at home should absolutely get in over LSU despite LSU winning the SEC because, A, Tennessee won the head-to-head convincingly on the road, and LSU has two losses. Uh, but that that is a also, scenario. Also a home loss. Also a home loss would be the only one of those teams with a, whole, with a home loss. And, and, and I think that... Ben, Ben, to me, what's important about that is this is not um, like a college basketball where sort of everybody, you know, in the league kind of gets to go to the tournament. So if you win that tournament, then you're the champion. These are different sports. So Tennessee not being able to go to the SEC championship game when when if, if there were no divisions in this league, it would be Tennessee and Georgia playing for the SEC championship. That's what it would be. So I, I don't know that if you just look at that then as another game, which it kind of is, then at that point they all have one loss. LSU is the only one with the loss at home, and it was head-to-head by a lot against one of the other two teams. So at that point your answer would still pretty clearly be LSU would, I think, be the team out. But I know there's people, old heads maybe especially, who don't want to see it that way. But to me it's, it's like on paper which one of these teams is better than the other one, and on paper Tennessee's resume would – still be significantly better absolutely and if if the the situation was two lost lsu and one lost tennessee like it could end up being but tennessee had not beaten lsu and they had not played then then maybe i would be open to, to lsu getting in over tennessee because we did not have that data point of the head-to-head uh but i i was illustrating all the different possibilities that that we're just kind of waiting to unfold the tcu one all tennessee needs is tcu to lose uh the 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 michigan ohio state i'm interested interested to see how that plays out because i don't know that just one team losing automatically eliminates them from getting into the playoffs and and maybe it's the on the the, because it's yeah on the resume it should Right, and and it's it's the skepticism of of Tennessee being involved and in, in knowing that traditionally and historically these things do not go Tennessee's way. So I'm I'm sure that this would be the first year that a, a resume that maybe isn't deserving gets in because a Michigan lost closely to Ohio State. So it, it's still something to monitor. Is my overall point? There, there's all these storylines to monitor. Uh, USC has uh, a game against UCLA coming up, and and another. A game as well a second game to to improve their resume and and so there, there's all these possible scenarios that that could play out and it it affects Tennessee and there's nothing that Tennessee can do at this point because South Carolina and Vanderbilt you're not going to uh, build the resume in, in that manner you're, you're you can't go to the SEC championship game obviously so you have to have help elsewhere and it's just a matter of uh, where the help comes from and, and I kind of go back to my point last week of 
yes, there is a lot of football left to be played, but I don't think it's as simple as, oh, it's going to just simply work itself out. Tennessee's going to get in as long as they went out because people will lose elsewhere. I'm sure that that is most likely going to happen, but my concern for Tennessee last Tuesday was that TCU goes to Texas and bolsters its resume. And hearing Boo Corrigan speak about how impressive of a win it was for TCU and kind of how the TCU defense showed things for the first time, TCU is looked at as more fondly. Uh, And now USC is going to have more chances to bolster their resume. Uh, Michigan as well, Ohio State as well, just within playing one another. Uh, And and then USC, I I think that's one to keep an eye on as well. Although I do think it's a good sign for Tennessee that USC is behind LSU because I I, I don't even think that if, if USC and LSU wins out, you can't jump USC over LSU after already having LSU in front of USC. So I don't necessarily have any takeaways from where teams are positioned tonight. I just go back to last week and my long-term concern that Tennessee, in a sense, is sitting from the sideline and they don't necessarily have a chance to bolster their resume while these other teams that they're kind of sitting in the same tier with have an opportunity to bolster their resume and although the the final rankings when when that show is Tennessee will still likely have a stronger resume than most teams because of what they have already done to this point it, it's just an unweary and and not not a very confident feeling in my opinion for Tennessee to be sitting there on that Sunday after all these teams have been able to to bolster their resume and Tennessee hasn't and that's why I feel like being five last week instead of four was was such an important development because if Tennessee was four, it doesn't matter what happens the rest of the way. They win the last three, they're in. Now they have to win the last three, do it convincingly, and get get help elsewhere. And and it's just it, it'll work itself out, but it, it's going to be an uneasy feeling. I feel like on, on that final day. Yeah, here's where it, it, it's. I think numbers help in situations like this because not that the narrative ever really cares about numbers, but we should care about numbers. The numbers sports are nothing if not for a collection of numbers. And right now, when you look at the strength of the schedule for the teams that are, that are in the chase for the college football playoff, right? There's like eight or nine, there's like really eight teams who are kind of in it, right? You know, Alabama's not, but the other, teams in the top nine technically are, although I, I don't think Clemson's really in it. I don't think UNC's really in it. I, I don't think the ACC's getting a team in. But right now, you look at it, uh, the strength of schedule, right now, Tennessee's is number three nationally. Michigan's is 82nd. There are 130 teams in FBS football. Michigan's schedule strength right now is 82nd. So, there are, I mean, that's it, it, it. I suck at math, but that's not even the top half, right? And neither, for that matter, is USC at sixty-five, although they're right there on the borderline, I guess. And and then South, neither is North Carolina at seventy-five. Michigan's remaining strength of schedule is third, and Ohio State's is ninth. But that's only fourteen percent of the season. The haze in the barn with some of these numbers, and Tennessee's schedule strength is is going to be maybe not top five, but definitely top 10 by the time all this is sorted out. And 
you go one loss against that kind of record, that that kind of that kind of schedule. I, I think you're in. Like if you want to look at it like this, TCU right now ha, has played the 38th best schedule in the country. Ohio State's 60, Michigan's 82nd. Like if you're TCU, you're thinking, man, shouldn't we? Maybe we got a case to be at least ahead of Michigan. Like you can make an argument. I there. don't have a problem with TCU, honestly. I I think that's something that's developed in in my head the last couple of days, Wes. I, I was. I, I I feel like Tennessee's the better team, obviously. I think most people do too. Yes, I, I don't think that's some shock of a, a take, but I also don't think that their their resume is is just so much worse. Uh, I I would, if I were to make a, a case to to take a team out, it would be Michigan, as as you were saying. I, I've kind of grown fondly of TCU, and, and I, I guess my overarching point is is that I just come back to the fact that I don't trust the committee if I'm Tennessee. And I do agree with what you just said. Absolutely. I, I do think at the end of the day on, on that selection Sunday, Tennessee will have as great of a resume as anybody, if not better than most everybody trying to get into the playoffs. Their resume is up there with anybody, including Georgia's quite frankly. But yeah, Georgia's schedule strength is forty fourth. Yeah, yeah. Um, just when you look at Tennessee's wins, I mean, Tennessee has two wins over top eight teams in the college football playoffs in, in LSU and in Alabama. So uh, their, their resume is going to be better than just about anybody's on that final day. But I do not trust if I'm Tennessee, and, and this is kind of my my general thought and point that I had this week and and I just spoke about it but to to wrap it up in one big bow is that the how many is it 13 people on the committee something uh, like that I should know that it's in I believe it's in the teens it, it's somewhere in in there they they are all athletic directors and administration type of people that do not watch football the way the, the broadcasters and, and people who follow the sport are because they have so many other duties that they have throughout the weekend. They, they a have their football teams. If they're an athletic director that they have to worry about uh, and, and it's multi-sport season. So they're going to basketball games on Sunday and Friday night and, and Saturday. And I, I just don't trust necessarily a, a committee of people who aren't following it as closely as even you and I are West to, to sit down and, hammer out, okay, who who truly has the best resume to, to really comb through it instead of just simply looking at, at wins and losses or did they win their conference or not? Do they have one loss or two losses? I mean, the fact that there, there, there's some of them trying to compare, and this is going back to last week, but trying to compare uh, Oregon's loss to, to Georgia as equal to Tennessee's loss to Georgia, I think validates what I, I'm just now speaking about. So, that that would be my concern. Yes, Tennessee's going to have as great of a resume as anybody, but but does Tennessee trust uh, a committee of people who don't necessarily follow it that closely? But I also do believe that it's important that Kirk Herbstreet's going to be calling Tennessee for a second time this weekend. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet and, and his crew will be on the call in Columbia, South Carolina, and I I really do believe that the the committee listens to people like Kirk Herbstreet quite a bit. I, I think his voice carries a lot of weight. And if, if Tennessee can can duplicate the success that they had against Missouri or, or earlier this season in front of him, 
And then all of a sudden he's he's talking up Tennessee Saturday night with Scott Van Pelt on Sports Center and, and on Sunday during Sports Center hits and, and into Monday. I, I think that could go a long ways to, to helping Tennessee. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and I'll, before we go to break, I'll, I'll, I'll say this point. I, I just quickly, I, I think just to be sh- like certain about this, Tennessee is the only team right now that's got two wins and in anywhere in college football that's got wins over two top 10 teams in the college football playoff rankings and Tennessee has two over top eight teams uh, Tennessee also has the highest ranked road win over a top 10 team in, in, in that poll also with that 27 point win at LSU so the numbers themselves are going to speak very highly for Tennessee if Tennessee takes care of business the next two weeks. All right. We are, we get back to that. Like we can make all these points and we can say all these things. At the end of the day, they got to go play two football games, both of them on the road. Um, not the toughest games ever, but anytime you go play on the road in this league at night and it's not at Vanderbilt, sorry, then, then it's, it, there's some complicating factors there. And, and so we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit, bit about what success for the next couple of weeks looks like for Tennessee. Maybe some things outside of what happens with Tennessee that could matter. Um, and we'll try to get that condensed into like a good 15 minutes or so. But before we do that, let's step away for just a second, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, et cetera. And then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Go Boss 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio and Ben McKee coming to you from Ben McKee's house, which we need a better name for, but still, as of now, it is still just Ben McKee's house on a chilly, uh, chilly uh, Tuesday night, still Tuesday night, not Wednesday morning. Yes, still Tuesday night here in Knoxville, Tennessee, where Tennessee will not be playing this week or next week for that matter, or for the rest of this season. Tennessee will be on the road at South Carolina on Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern at 
um, on, on ESPN, and then the following week, uh, another night game against Vanderbilt uh, in perhaps a checkerboarded Vanderbilt Stadium uh, or whatever it's called now, First Bank Stadium, First Third Stadium, whatever it is. It's it's Vanderbilt Stadium, Dudley Field. That's where the game will be played. Uh, I'm old school like that. That's just what I know it as. But we got a lot more to discuss about Tennessee with the college football playoff rankings, which came out again on Tuesday night, as they are every Tuesday this time of year. Tennessee was ranked number five, so we got more to discuss about that. But before we do that, just a, a quick uh, request from our end. If you could take about, uh, let's say, a minute out of your day right now, 60 seconds, 75 seconds, 90 seconds tops, go in there, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. We sure would appreciate it if you're just listening on the website right there at GoVols247.com. No problem with that. Thank you. We, we love you. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. But what helps us out the most is if you go in there, and uh, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find this GoVols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we are happy to do it. It's a labor of love. Uh, Very few complaints from this end. But since we do it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there, rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends, right? Tell your tell people that you see at church. Tell people you see playing golf. Tell people you see uh, walking around downtown. Tell people you see doing whatever it is you're doing. You're walking around downtown. You see someone at a red light, whatever it is. You see them wearing orange. Be like, hey, man, uh, you like Tennessee. I think you might like the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. And again, at least two people to this point have have already told me one it was a mailman the other one was just somebody around town that saw them saw them wearing a Tennessee shirt and recommended the podcast to them this is how insurgencies start this is how armies start revolutions start this way it is working it is working slowly but surely just like Novocaine just give it time if you're doing all those things thank you we love you if not I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul Ben back to business what does Tennessee, if you're a Tennessee fan and uh, let's say you're you're having to be kind of cautious or, or, or judicious with your time, right? You want to watch Tennessee play. You got to set out time for that, but you maybe have time to, to, to watch a couple other games or, or one other game. So you, you, you got to be careful here with how much time you've got to watch some of these things or what you need to at least pay attention to on the ticker. What the next couple of weeks, uh, what do Tennessee fans need to happen uh, aside from the most important thing, which is Tennessee taking care of business against South Carolina and Vandy? Well, I think first and foremost, TCU losing would be great. Yes. And uh, I I spoke highly of TCU's resume in, in the first segment. I, I do think to to play devil's advocate, even to my point, that that Texas team is very overrated because of who it is mm-hmm. um they they they're not good and the only reason i think they were ranked 18 last week the only reason they were ranked 18 or ranked inside the top 25 is because they're texas i mean what what have they done this year beat oklahoma and yeah. that oklahoma team is not the typical oklahoma team that we've seen the last several years yeah watching so, watching yours try to get his feet set to throw a football woof it was awful so like yeah the tcu defense looked good but <laughs> i don't i don't think texas is is good at all but they, they need tcu to lose they they i i'm if i'm tennessee i'm not as worried uh about lsu at all because of what we discussed in the first segment uh and i i guess it would be nice if usc lost just kind of similar to the oregon situation last week i i don't know that 
Tennessee needs a USC loss per se. I'd like to think that Tennessee would get in over USC because Tennessee has a better resume, but you just never know. And you don't want to leave it up to chance. Just like Oregon last week, Oregon losing to Washington eliminated Oregon from a team that Tennessee had to worry about and USC losing uh, would obviously be big in that regard. So uh, TCU is still kind of the, the team on the forefront of, of my mind, Wes, that Tennessee needs to lose. I mean, it, it's quite fr- it's that simple. Uh, and, and I do think it's a tough game. They, they've got Baylor. Uh, I'm a big Dave Aranda fan. I think he's a terrific coach. So, you know, his football team is 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 going to be ready to to play and, and be ready to play tough those defense. And, and that's a home game. It's at noon, uh, a week after – uh, a big win for TCU over Texas. I, I know I just dismantled the Texas football program, but anytime a, a school like TCU beats Texas, regardless regardless of circumstance, yeah, big, that, that's a huge win for big, that pr- program. Big damn deal. Yeah, big damn deal in that state. Yes. So a big emotional win last Saturday night on the road. Now they're back on the road uh, against the Baylor team that, yeah, they're better than, but – Again, David Rand is going to have his football team ready to play, and, and Baylor's been good at times this year, and, and that's a noon kick. And TCU is only two-and-a-half-point favorites, and, and I think that that is for those reasons I just mentioned. So uh, I think that's obviously the the big one. Um, I, I don't necessarily see Ohio State losing to Maryland um, and, and then Michigan trying to see who they play Illinois. They got to play that, – that, that, that which a couple weeks ago looked like it might be a fun game, but Burton, those guys are taking on water now. Yes, and I think uh, part of that for Maryland is, I believe Talia Tungavailoa uh, got hurt uh, about a month or so ago, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I saw where he was going to have to miss some time. I, I don't know if he's back yet or not. For, forgive me for not following Maryland football like I do Tennessee football, um, but uh, I don't I don't see Ohio State losing on the road there. The, the more interesting game between Michigan and Ohio State is the Illinois game that Michigan is playing. They're they're playing at noon uh, as well uh, against Illinois, and uh, Michigan is 18-point favorites. And I, I don't know that uh, Michigan is a good matchup for Illinois. I think this game really plays into Michigan's favor because Michigan is a very physical football team, very old school, and obviously that is what Brett Bielema and his brand of football is as well. So I, I don't know that Illinois can beat Michigan at its own game, but uh, those those are the two games that I'm watching this weekend. Three and four, Michigan and TCU. Uh, they're they're both at noon, so Tennessee fans are going to have two screens going on in, in the households this weekend, especially since Tennessee plays at night. But I I think if one of Michigan, Ohio State, and and TCU were to lose this weekend, I think that automatically punches Tennessee's ticket into the college football playoffs. What about you? Yeah, to to me, there there's three things that like all three of these things have to happen for Tennessee to be out. And and I'm saying this under the assumption that Tennessee wins out. I don't want to. Uh, in, in sports, you get in trouble when you assume things. But again, we're not. Uh, a part of the Tennessee football program. We're not coaches. We're not players. Uh, our job is not to worry about overlooking an opponent. That's 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 their thing to worry about. With us, that that makes no difference at all. Uh, so so I'm I'm just going to suggest that I think Tennessee probably takes care of business the next couple weeks. If that if that happens, like to me, like three separate things or three separate things would all have to happen for you to start clenching your 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 buttocks a little bit. Uh, one of them would be TCU winning out. 
the other would be a very, very close, very exciting Ohio State-Michigan game because we know how the media is, and if they can get a second round of that, they absolutely will do everything they can to take it. Um, so so that w- would be something to worry about. And then number three is if USC wins out and does so impressively. And the reason I say that, right now, USC is what? They're, uh, what are they, seventh right now? I think that's right. Oh my God, do I have that right? Let me make yes, sure. Yes, yeah. you, you are correct. They're yeah, seven yeah. behind LSU. They're behind LSU right, right now. And, and, and so if – the Pac-12 has not had a single team in this thing in a while. It's been years now since the since the Pac-12's had a team in this thing. And if you look at the at the two or three things, two or three teams that who were pretty sure are going to be in this thing, you obviously see that there's no one on the West Coast involved in that. USC is a brand name. USC is in the second largest media market in this country. USC is a game that if we're being honest, all of us, if we're flipping around and there's a couple different choices of what to watch, we might stop and watch the USC game for a minute, right? We just might. There's those classical uniforms. You know, they're usually at least pretty good, sometimes really good. And and you're just going to want to see that game. And these people who know the money, they know these things. And, and so I don't, I'm really not trying to get conspiracy theory-ish about this. I, I just think... If USC has one loss and if it takes care of business down the, you know, beats Notre Dame and then, uh, which is somehow back in the poll for God knows why, but it's back in the poll. And and then it, it, it takes care of business against a, a decent UCLA team, which is eight and two. That was looking like a really good game until, until last week, by the way. Um, and then goes ahead and takes care of business against either Oregon or whoever it is in, in the Pac-12 championship game. If that happens, then a USC team with one loss um, – would maybe be a concern if it's that or a second team from the SEC with one loss. That that to me would be something that it shouldn't happen. It, it it absolutely should not happen. It would be unfair if that were the verdict. But it is something that maybe if all three of those th- things happened, then I would maybe start to worry. So you're talking about a a, a TCU winning out. Uh, you're talking about Michigan Ohio State being like a a, a close game, like a Tennessee Bama or something like that that just comes down to the very end. Uh, and and then on top of that, USC goes on and wins convincingly down the stretch. If all three of those things happen, then I think you can start to worry. Then you should be sweating bullets when it comes down to the selection. But I don't think all of those things are going to happen. And, and I suppose the fourth thing would maybe be if LSU didn't just beat Georgia, but like beat the hell out of Georgia in that game, because maybe Georgia thinks it's already going to be in the playoff. Don't worry about it. Yada, yada, yada. LSU's hot playing for a lot right now. And and then trying to shock the world and then goes out there and just puts it on them, which again, I don't think would happen, but there's like three or four things. If I just described all of those things, if all of those things happen, Ben, then it's just not your year. Then I'm sorry, the fates are aligned against you, and it just was not meant to be. But I don't think all of those things are going to happen, and and I'm not going to speak for you, but I don't think you think all of those things are going to happen either. No, I would be very surprised if if all of these teams were to win out. I mean, surely one is going to lose. I mean, we saw last week uh, Oregon, Oregon lost, so. And Oregon was playing great football. They're, they're a really good football team. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with your thought on the USC scenario, but I, I would say I I think it works in, in Tennessee's favor, though, that 
people are aware of of how strong and and big Tennessee's fan base is and, and how desperate they are for this to happen. I, I I honestly think I think it's more advantageous that Tennessee makes the playoffs than USC Maybe. because th- a- there's not not that following on the West Coast and and I I think people equally hate Tennessee like they do USC. Uh, Maybe a little more USC because USC has been more relevant, but people hate Tennessee. You either love Tennessee or you hate. There there is no in between. So I I think that would be very polarizing. I I think if a team were to worry about that scenario playing out, I think the team to worry would be TCU if, if they haven't lost by them. Yeah, I think that your point there is well taken. The, the The part where I would would diverge is that I think most Tennessee fans, or at least a lot of them, they're still going to watch the college football playoff. Like they're still like even if they're like hateful and they say they're not going to watch it, those those times roll around. That game's on the TV. Guess what? They're watching it. I can think of probably a lot of people in California who are not going to give two flips about this thing, maybe unless USC's in it, you know, and, and that might get a few more people interested. I don't know, um, but that, that would be my thought on that. But again, these are the things that should not matter, but we all know that they do matter. So it, it, it's like, I mean, you know, because TCU's in a huge market too, but they're not like the big driver. That's, you know, then that in that state, we all know it's uh, it's the other UT, it's A and M. Those are the ones that really move the meter. We know that, um, but I, I I just I just think that uh, I understand why where this battered vault syndrome thing comes from. But when I look at the number of things that would have to happen in order for Tennessee, I think to not be in, it's a when I think about it, it's a pretty long list of things that like most of them would have to happen for Tennessee to not get in, assuming assuming Tennessee wins. If Tennessee wins, then I, I'm not saying the rest just sorts itself out, but I think it's better than 50-50 that it does. Yeah, no, I agree with you. There, There's just no way that all of those scenarios that I discussed earlier that, that you are discussing now, it's college football and there's three weeks to go. Like there, there's no way that, that all of these teams, uh, five or six football teams end up winning out. Maybe it does happen. Maybe it does, but surely (laughs) that would not happen. It, It would be the most Tennessee thing ever though. Uh, it, it, if it all did play out that way for like the first time ever, and it was the year that Tennessee was finally in cont- contention to to make the playoffs, and what a year away, two years away from an expanded playoffs, and and if we were in the expanded playoffs right now, Tennessee would have absolutely no worry in the world uh, about getting in uh, th- this year. Uh, I, I saw where uh, they they would be hosting Penn State if if we were in the expanded twelve team playoff model. Um, the the Sports Illustrated writer Ross Dellinger. I was blanking on his name there for a second. He he tweeted uh, that out, and Tennessee would be the sixth seed in that scenario um, because they 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 would not be an automatic qualifier because they did not win their their conference championship, and but they would still be hosting Penn State. And boy, would that that be fun! But uh, yeah, surely all of that doesn't happen, but. I continue to go back to to my thought process last week of 
this is why it was so important that Tennessee was four instead of five, even despite it only being November 8th at the time and, and there's still being so much football left. It, it was so important that Tennessee was number four instead of number five, because if they were four, we would not be having this conversation. And in fact, this would be a pretty cut and dry podcast of, of 10, 10 minutes of length, quite frankly, because it, it would be as simple as Tennessee wins out and they're in. But now they have to win out and do so convincingly and get help elsewhere. See, I think people would still be talking enough that even if they were fourth and not fifth, they would be talking about what those teams behind them who have bigger games to play could still leapfrog them. I think people would still find the narrative to talk about because, you know, hashtag narrative is always king. Narrative is always king. In fact, I'm shocked tonight. The biggest thing, the last point I've got, the biggest thing that surprised me tonight, I even put a joke on on Twitter like what a couple, like an hour or so before the thing started that I thought this was going to be the USC is, is knocking down the door. USC is building momentum. I thought that would be the narrative. Because last week it was all that with Oregon, but now Oregon's gone. And they have to inflict some sort of narrative drama into this. And I think it was going to be, oh, look at USC, here they come. Or maybe like, a, oh, look at Clemson, oh, they were, they're were ahead of Alabama now. Could that change things? I, I just thought maybe one of those two things would happen. And then it didn't, so it was kind of like, eh, well, maybe, maybe it's not uh, – <laughs> maybe it's not so dramatic after all, but uh, it's college football, right? I mean, something dramatic is going to happen. If this week was was relatively calm, it means the next week or two is going to be insane. Yes, yes. And look, I mean, Tennessee, I people who have listened to, to this podcast and, and follow my work know that I've been writing this football game off for a month now, even before Tennessee lost to Georgia. Tennessee should true. win by 30 points on Saturday. There's no bones about that. Tennessee is that much better than South Carolina. But although I would be very surprised if Tennessee lost, it, it is going to be a tough environment, and, and Tennessee did not handle the, the last tough environment that it played in very well. So mm-hmm. it, it's college football. Anarchy happens, and who's to say that it's not Tennessee the one that is kicking itself after the weekend. They, they need to go into Columbia, and, and they need to handle business. South Carolina does have a piece or two on offense that, that could frustrate them if if they're not locked in and, and ready to play for the jump. Uh, I, I am not a Spencer Rattler fan at all. I think he is very overrated. I do not think he's a good quarterback, but he does have some athleticism to where if you're not locked in and ready to play, he, he can frustrate you. And, and make some things happen. And, and I, I'll tell you this right now, Jaheim Bell is just, he, he's an absolute freak in terms of what he can do offensively. He, he can literally, literally do anything and everything. He can line up as a receiver, play the traditional tight end. Yeah. He can line up as a running back. He does it all. And, and he is the, in my opinion, the most underutilized player in the SEC. They, they have not used him correctly all season long. I would not be surprised to see him in the transfer portal here in a couple of weeks, and he will be one of the most sought-after transfers in the portal. And and uh, But my, my point in bringing him up is that he's somebody that Tennessee is going to have to keep an eye on Saturday, and uh, it's a night game, seven, and and that stadium will be rocking. It, it's not one of the best stadiums in be the SEC. Be a lot SEC, of orange there, though. Be a lot of orange there. They will. They will, but it, it'll still be loud. And uh, Sam St- Sandstorm will, will get going, and it'll be loud. So Tennessee needs to go handle its business and, and make sure that they're not 
one of the teams that that are kicking itself for for playing around because uh, it is college football, like you and I have spent the last twenty minutes discussing. And, and who's to say that it's not Tennessee, the one that loses this weekend? There you go. Well, we'll end on that really positive note right there that Ben just offered everyone. Hey, we, 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 I've I've written off this football game for months, that, or not months, but since it came into to focus and, and we could start to see the end of the regular season. There, there is no chance that Tennessee should lose this football game. I I, I would be absolutely stunned. Uh, my point is that that it's that it is college football, like like we have discussed. Uh, the the last month and uh maybe there is a little uh thought in the back of the head about that that one time in 2016 in which Tennessee traveled over to Columbia South Carolina with Sugar Bowl hopes on the line and completely fell flat on their face or I, I guess that was actually the was that the SEC East that was on the line that weekend? And then it, yeah. it was the Vanderbilt loss that yeah. that screwed the Sugar Bowl. But point being that they had a ton to play for and fell flat on their face. Yes. But that 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 locker room on that football team was an absolute disaster, and th- there's just no way that it, that it's happening with this football team. So it, it should be another big blowout like this past weekend. And we will have a couple more podcasts this week to discuss that. We'll be back on. Uh, Wednesday night we'll have a quick one after the basketball game because we need to discuss the tire fire that happened in Nashville on Sunday. The what? Uh, the 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 tire fire that happened when uh, I don't know what you're talking about. At Bridgestone Arena. Oh wow! Did I just say a tire fire at Bridgestone Arena? I enti- I really did not mean for that pun to happen, and it did. And I'm really sort of secretly proud of myself now. Uh, but anyways, that, that happened. A good one, Wes. That that happened. I'm, I'm, we will. I'm, I'm proud of you. What was I that? Didn't it was know that you were capable of doing that. It, only because it was purely coincidental and accidental. But we will talk about. <laughs> About that Wednesday, we'll be back then on Thursday with our regular Thursday podcast, and then we'll be uh, we'll have an episode Friday with our good friend John Whittle from the Big Spur. Uh, he will be joining us for Friday, and then we'll see you Saturday night too. So if if you don't like hearing these voices, uh, then uh, you're not going to like the next few days because we this is this is pod pod central time of the season. So uh, until then, uh, we will see you when we see you, which won't be too far from now, I suppose. So appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. See you, Wes. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, 
and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got. And you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs. And that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.